Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Before we start, can we ask one thing? 74% of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe. If you've enjoyed our videos, please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button? It helps this channel more than you know, and the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the learning gets. Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Jonathan Herbs is the host of the Business Focus Podcast. He is a strategic advisor, coach, and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs, and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies. Hello there again. Um, my great pleasure today to um, introduce Amy Renee Havorka. I, th- I think I've got that um, pronunciation right, Amy Renee. Um, Amy Renee is the founder and CEO of Proc Market. Um, is that the right, the right pronunciation? Yeah, Proc Market. Right. So listen... Why don't we start by you know, a little bit of your telling us a bit of, of your journey so far, um, what prop market market is, and um, how long you've been um, you've been you've had this sort of this venture. So, prop market is actually a global marketplace for professionals in management consulting, engineering, and procurement to freelance to offer their um, their services, but in a productized way, so with fixed price offerings. So, uh, I assume this has come from some of your uh, your experience. I've noticed on your CV um, some time in Saudi, as an example. Yeah, so I did have some time in Saudi, and um, my background is in procurement. So, developing scopes of work, tender documentations, um, rationalizing contracts that organisations have, and doing it more strategic. I saved Caltex $100 million over three years, and that got me headhunted to Saudi Arabia to set up their procurement organization. And um, whilst there, I had the opportunity to renegotiate a billion-dollar supply chain contract. So I've got some good wins in, in, the, in the background, but what, what this was was an opportunity when I was working for the government, for Department of Education, and the way that they rewarded you for doing a good job was to give you more work. Um, I I kind of thought to myself, wouldn't it be wonderful if there was somebody that I could just get to write me a scope of work and then I could manage it or run the evaluation for me and I could manage it and get all of these pieces together. But it didn't exist. So I thought, all right, I will create it. And one of the foundations of um Procurement is contract management. So everything, sorry, come category management. Everything's in a category. And so I utilized the UNSPC, UNSPSC, United Nations Standard Products and Services Code, which has 157,000 subcategories and put together a platform around that. Now, all the subcategories have pictures, so it's really easy to use, easy to navigate, which is important. But what it enables is you to identify, categorize, and segment skills in a way that hasn't been done before. So you can identify exactly the expert you want to work with. Okay. So who uh, who do you see as your perfect client? My perfect client, this has evolved, actually. Right, quite recently. So my perfect client is actually business savvy client who wants to um, 
who realizes that they they want to have a project done for management consulting or engineering or procurement, and they realize that they don't need to have somebody on site. They they've adapted with COVID, and they realize that um, you can do it remotely. And then by doing it remotely, you can tap into all of this amazing expertise and skill that's overseas. So my perfect client is one that is 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 quite savvy, wants to save money because we're offering low-cost country sourcing solutions and fixed prices. They want to have transparency in their pricing and their budget. So they're, they're savvy and they are um, also cognizant of their budget. But they tend to be government and large corporations, or um, you know, what size businesses would you be looking at? Well, it can be small to medium enterprises as well, because the way that we've actually priced things is to do it on a scale. So um, it's fixed prices, but it's fixed price based on the size of the organisation. So if it's a smaller organisation, like a, a SME, and they only have revenue up to a million or 10 million, then they actually will get a much lower um, cost or project than if it's a 20 million, 100 million, billion dollar business. So we're trying to make it accessible for everyone. Right, right. So when did you start the business? I actually started the business in, well, we did a soft launch May last year. And it was from idea to soft launch um, in six weeks. Great. So, um, okay, so you have, I'm trying to remember where, where COVID was in May last year. Um, where we Towards the end. Right. Towards the end where everyone was going back to work and I'm like, I don't want to go into the office that I've been working with um, these people. I don't want to travel into the city. At the time I was like an hour and a half away from the city. And um, and with the combination of having the idea of um, a freelance platform, it's like it just opened it up. COVID opened this up. It wouldn't have been possible without COVID. So tell me how you um. So we, you know, the manual question here here was um, of all the actions um, that you took during COVID, what has stuck with you? Um, maybe a bit of an adaption. You know, how do you? actually manage the business given that you've got a global client base and a, cl- a global um, contractor base? How do you actually manage this thing? So we manage it to um, curators. So all of the um, projects are actually curated. We have an industry curator in each of the industry verticals, which is at the top, um, there's 27 industry verticals and a curator in each of those. So you work with the curator and then they work with the freelancer um, to make sure that the project is delivered on time of highest quality, um, also on budget. So it's it's also what that enables is because when you have a global workforce, it's very difficult to have it insured. But because we have the curators, it means that the projects are professional indemnity insured. Okay. And so how, but how, how are you managing it? What tools and apps do you use to, to wrangle all of this? Platform, the platform that we created, Proc Market, it has a um, collaboration zone where you work together with the with the client and the freelancer and the curator works in the team, and you share documents. You set up meetings in there. You can run 
um, video conferences straight from the platform and um, you can share information. And so that's how we wrangle all the different pieces and it enables you to know what time zone different people are in so you can find the best time zone for meetings. Right. Fabulous. So um, what does the future look like and what do you see as your, your main challenges going? The future looks amazing because I'm a very positive person. So no matter what happens, I'm a very positive person. The future is does look amazing and it's all about making sure that we keep, keep on track with what we're doing. Now, this is a different message to a message that I put out previously, which was um, it was a global equaliser with everyone being paid the same no matter what race, religion, gender, age or location they were. It's I tried to change the world with this platform. And that was one of our challenges, um, was being a, a business, a small business, a startup, an entrepreneur, making money wasn't enough for me. It was like, I wanted to change the world. I wanted to have a global equalizer. I wanted to make it so the educated in each of the societies could contribute to the economic growth of their countries. But that being said, it meant that I wasn't making any money because companies couldn't recognize the value in using us. Why would they come to us if they're paying the same price for a high, high level consulting company? Why would they come to us where the risks of having that um, remote working is, is slightly riskier than a person on the ground, boots on the ground. So I had to realign that thinking. So that's been our greatest challenge, really, the founder. <laughs> the founder has been our greatest challenge. And um, that we've just done that pivoting and we've got this, this focus now that we're going to be a low-cost low solution and the future does look bright with that, that possibility. Okay. Interesting. I mean, the, certainly with my clients, um, I, and I coach founder um, CEOs, that's, that's what I do. Um, uh, more often than not, the founder is the block, and you know it's. Um, I spend a, a, an enormous amount of time, um, you know, coaching uh, my client, my 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 founder CEO clients about how to unblock. You know, like if the company relies on them, um, you know, they'll never make a self-managing company and be able to get themselves, you know, the, the, the freedom if that makes sense. So I absolutely relate to that. Um. Mm. What do you think has been your biggest learning since you've you become a business My biggest learnings have been resilience. So learning resilience, learning to um, get used to rejection. It, they, they do say it's, it's like being punched in the face every day and you just roll with the punches or you just get up again and keep going. And that has been my biggest learning is like, how strong that I actually can be when pushed to the to the limit. Um, you learn your strength, you learn your weaknesses, you learn what you're capable of doing and what you're not capable of doing. And then if you find those, you find someone who is capable of doing it for you. So, and that and that forms your leadership team and the structure by which you move forward. And um, I'd like to say that I'm pretty self-aware. 
Um, so I go through pretty quickly finding what is happening for me and have a pretty quick refractory period to like learn from it. Okay, that, that's really good points, and yeah. I think it was Mike Mike Tyson's came to that So we're just getting a bit of feedback. That you, just, you just turn your across. Thank you. Um, uh, Mike Tyson was one of the city. Um, uh, a plan is only as good. It's only as lasts only so long until you get smacked in the face, and it's a really good point. Um, and your point about I would call it who, not how. So, um, surrounding yourself with the right people who, um, and and letting them letting them go uh, to to balance your strengths um, is one of the key the key tools of any um, any entrepreneur, any any founder, in my view. Um, yeah, and a good example of that probably is this podcast. You know, the only part of this podcast that I actually take part on part part in is the actual interview. Everything else, you know, the the recruitment of of, of you, the um, the the, you know, the the workflow to prepare you with the questions etc. The follow up, um, you know, post you all of that is done by other people because you know, that's just not my strengths. Um, okay, so um, when you think of the word successful, um, who pops to mind, and, and can you can you tell me why? So immediately, the who pops to mind is Richard Branson. Um, very charismatic very successful he's um, an entrepreneur at heart and and he he still invests in other entrepreneurial ventures and um and then i think about him and i'm like well he didn't try and change the world so why am i <laughs> yeah no it, yeah, it's interesting point. but in some ways he is so the, the stuff he's doing with the environment will be um uh yeah it, just because he's got that voice um, interesting. Thank you. Um, are you a reader or listen to podcasts? Are there any books, podcasts you'd recommend? Books that I recommend are actually, um, how to deal with politics and, um, and politics in terms of organizational politics. So 48 laws of power by Robert Greene is one of my favorite books. Right. Um, it's written really well. I was an early adopter of it. It's it's one of the bestsellers um, now, but it it's written really well. So it has forty eight laws that it outlines, and then it has the observance of the law and um, the opposite of the law. And so you get to have both perspectives, and it uses historical um, references. So a lot of um, politics and things like that are, are regarding wars and strategies and uh, like real big strategies, and um, and I I just love it. And you got to read it from a perspective of not taking on all the laws, because if you do, you'll become this Machiavellian um, tyrant. But if you read it from the perspective of understanding what what are the the potentials. And um, how to navigate them when it comes up. Now, I needed to navigate when I was in Saudi Arabia yep. because my third manager that came along didn't want a female manager on the team. And I managed to navigate that situation without having any open conflict, um, anything that you would say is anything that you would say is 
disadvantage to um, someone in that situation. I managed to actually bounce into a better position, which was managing inventions from the university. And and um, it was all because of the 48 Laws of Power. So I managed to get him to um, support my movement and that it was at the same pay because originally he's like, you're earning too much money, you're too young, only people with years and years of experience earn that kind of money. So there was lots of things against me. It was like age and gender and all of these different things. There was like harassment for eight months and I navigated that um, quite successfully. But can I ask, out of interest, where, where were you living in Saudi? I was living in Thawal, which is the King Abdullah University of Science and Technology. It was an hour away from Jeddah, the ma- one of the main um, cities in Saudi. Yep. And um, I was one of the founding members of the university. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I mean, I've, I've been troubled to, with work to Saudi extensively, as you know. And um, uh, yeah. I think I prefer to be closer to Jeddah personally, but I am a water man. Um, okay. Uh, Would have loved so well. Right. Um, well, I did love Jeddah. It was a, a beautiful, beautiful city. Um, okay. My final question. Any last piece of advice um, or parting words to entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs out there? Aspiring entrepreneurs. Okay. So give it a go. Take the risk. Back yourself. Don't set goals that are ri- ridiculous or too high or have too much uh, ambition for what you can actually do with a company. You can, but only once you get to Richard Branson status can you actually influence and do the changes that you might want to see in the world. So just become successful at little bit by little bit, build up, and um, you'll make it. And roll with the punches. Great advice. And persevere. Absolutely. Hey, Renee, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. If you were hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you watch slash listen. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, take our assessment where you will receive personalized advice for improvement. It's quick and free. Go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way. Send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business. So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.